Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Undisputed Future Podcast. This is episode 30. I am CD Danny Mac, and you take the number 30, you divide it by five, and you have my co-host, Nikki Six, joining me on the panel once again. Nick, it's good to see you. That was fantastic math, Dan. I thought so. Fantastic. Look at you go. It's good to be back, though, guys. Great episode of NXT. We had an NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 rematch that is very close to Nick and mine heart. We had Sanity go one-on-one in a tag team title rematch with the Authors of Pain. And if you go back and you watch TakeOver Brooklyn 3 and you see that crazy in the crowd scene, you'll see the two of us and the official musician of the show, Dave, going absolutely nuts on WWE's camera. Full-on mark out. So just, so good. Just a little Easter egg for you guys there. Absolutely great rematch tonight. And uh, we started things off with Sanity as well. The newest member to the Fatal 4-Way for the NXT Women's Championship, Nikki Cross, getting the redemption on the woman that possibly cost her the spot initially, Tynera Conti. Tynera Conti looking like a hired gun by the Undisputed Era to take out Nikki Cross, lead her right into the assault by Peyton Royce, and Peyton Royce qualifying in that triple threat match. But Nick Cross out for redemption tonight and Tynera Conti. It was an honest attempt, but she did not stand a chance. And like I said a few weeks ago, I, I think that the Undisputed Future uh, Error... Sorry, I keep doing the that. The names are confusing. They are. It's, they, they saw us and they heard us and they were like, wow, that really works. I like, they, to, they think, our, I like okay to think it's some that. sort of some sort of honor that the Undisputed Word has found its way back into WWE. It's not okay, baby. But yes, Undisputed I Era. I think they, they, they threw her right into Sanity's you know, fire, line of fire to, to take Nikki Cross out of the picture. To specifically blindside her, take her out of what's going on in the male side of that feud. They don't want her doing what they did to the Authors of Pain. Which is jumping in their match, quite literally, and costing them a title shot. Tynera Conti, rather, making use of the no disqualification rules to cost Nikki Cross that match. Tynera Conti getting what had coming to her... I don't even have that many notes for this match because Tynera Conti getting in some offense. She's an impressive judoka, an accomplished martial artist, but Nikki Cross is crazy. Was just too much. Nikki Cross with an absolute assault. A lot of on, hard hits. I'll give her that. She can hit. With she the can best strike. Time. Brazilian background again. Judo accomplished throws as well. The Gotta work on that entrance. The entrance, I, I thought so too. She's, uh, it might be the language disconnect. It might just be a completely different style in Brazil. But she's got to find something besides the, uh, the dis, the disrobe of the gi definitely strikes with me. She's, she's way too beautiful to be a brute. That's that's a fair argument. I mean, she's, uh, she's beauty with beast-like hits. Well, is not as. Uh, well, we kind of already have that going with Sonia. That's true. Sonia Deville rocking more of the MMA style as opposed to the strict Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I like that you have the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and it's cool that we're you know shining a light on all these different styles of not just wrestling, but fighting, I guess. Fighting across the board in the women's division right now. Tynera Kanshi trying to show some of that off, but Nikki Cross's craziness and chaos just too much for her. Striking her with one, but two neckbreakers, that swinging fisherman's hook. Nikki Cross, one, two, three, for the victory. Nick, is Nikki Cross your favorite going into NXT TakeOver Houston? Oh, I know absolutely. it's a predictable down. question, but I want to hear your thoughts. I, I mean, we all know that I love Peyton Royce, but that's a different kind of love. Way different. I think that Peyton Royce has made strides. I do not think she is ready for the title picture. I think that someone like Nikki Cross would not only benefit from it, but the title itself could benefit from it making the transition from a powerhouse champion like oscar 
to someone like Nikki Cross is going to make it's good. It's going to make strides for the title. It's a strong championship. No, it's a Nikki strong Cross champion holder. No matter she what, has up and downs though. You know, she's not strictly strong. There have been times where even she has felt the brunt end of her. Last woman standing match with Asuka. Exactly. We've seen Nikki Cross she a little bit more vulnerable. A little bit too much with her crazy, and it cost her. So it's going to be fun to see how that title either motivates her as champion, things of that nature. I'd like, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Sanity holding the women's title and NXT tag team titles. I love when stables have a lot of gold going for them too. too. Nikki Cross, it's Nikki Six's early pick for NXT TakeOver Houston's Fatal 4-Way. We also heard from another NXT well, a more recent NXT superstar, May Young Classic standout, Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez not giving a prediction to Christy St. Cloud, who she thinks is walking out champion, but she gave some serious doubt and threw some serious shade towards Ember Moon. Nick, your thoughts on Mercedes Martinez saying she doesn't know who's going to win, but she knows who's not going to win, and Ember Moon is not walking out champion, according to Martinez. There's something there. And I feel like it's from the past. You can tell by the way she originally addressed her as Ember, not just her full name, Ember Moon. She originally addressed her as Ember. There's some sort of connection there. And I I don't know what it is yet, but I'm intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued. It could just be that she's grasping at straws. She got eliminated early and she wanted to, you know, she got an interview. She's going to do whatever she can to get out there. So Calling out a big time contender like Ember Moon. It was a smart move. Because it got play. It was wise to get her in the spotlight, no doubt. Mercedes Martinez, definitely one of the more badasses in the Mae Young Classic. She, she definitely stood out edge. to me. She's got a real unique look. She does have the edge. Three piercings just on her face. You don't see that very often in a women's division. Mercedes Martinez. very often in the WWE. It's, it's, it's gotta, risky in wrestling it's people gotta, to have face piercings. Because I know like everyone's like, it's fake. You cannot fake headlock to a certain extent and when you try to pull out of it certain people don't realize you're trying to pull out of it at that time and then they go to clasp and your face rings can get ripped out that sounds like an eyebrow piercing gone wrong mercedes martinez showing her toughness with the face piercings in the ring what will come of this ember moon call out and what is the future for the nxt women's championship again the final four for that matchup Kyrie Sane, winner of the Mae Young Classic, one half of the iconic duo Peyton Royce, who had a run-in with Kyrie Sane in the lobby the day after Halloween, and uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Ember Moon, who we just heard Mercedes Martinez call out, and Nikki Cross, who is successful here tonight against Tynera Conchi. Moving on from women's division action, we have Fabian Eichner making a return to NXT television to take on NXT's resident babyface, Johnny Gargano. Johnny Wrestling taking on the crazy Italian-born superstar, two men who were Cruiserweight Classic competitors as well. And this match, Fabian Eichner, Johnny Gargano, this was off the chains back and forth from the start here, Nick. When I first saw it on paper, I thought, Gargano's going to get his balls back. Here we go. He's going to get a win. Definitely needing a redemption win here. I could definitely see that point. But then I remembered Eichner from the uh, Cruiserweight Classic. Thank you, Mauro Ronaldo, for pointing that out. And (laughs) I was immediately turned around by that. And I was like, this is going to be a fantastic match. And it was. Man, the action was nonstop. 
Eichner hit some great impactful moves. That spinning backbreaker was impeccably powerful. He's not in the cruiserweight division anymore, but the way the man moves, he's still fast around the ring. He's nimble, but he's also a powerhouse. He's always reminded me since the tournament of an Italian Cesaro. He seems like a guy who's very multifaceted. He can do it all. And definitely earning his spotlight in NXT tonight, going back and forth, high octane, fast offense with Johnny Gargano. The momentum he took from a middle rope diving spear by Gargano, who we've seen Johnny defeat so many opponents with, Nick, he really took that shot. He did. That was a lot of impact behind that spear. That looked like it hurt. A lot of... Put him in half. A lot of impressive sequences in this one. Lots of offense going back and forth, but Eichner... Probably pulling up one of the biggest upsets in recent NXT television history, connecting with some sort of roll-up, really unique, almost a crucifix cradle, but he didn't hook the arms with his legs. I don't know what to call this one, but a really unique cradle would lead to victory for Fabian Eichner over Johnny Gargano. He did, however, hook the leg with his own leg. It was a very... He, like, blinded. I think it would be, like, a grapevine roll-up. Guys, if you got any thoughts for this one, hashtag Team NXT. I know you're out there. Please help us out with this move. Rewatch that Fabian Eichner, Johnny Gargano ending. Help us figure out a maneuver for this roll-up because it was impressive and it put away one of NXT's best with another emotionally investing matchup from Johnny Gargano. This was... It was different than his most recent lockups with uh, Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss, who we'll hear from later, and Andrade Cien Almas. This, again, it was a match out of nowhere. It was one that you look at on paper. Johnny Gargano's going to get that W back, like you mentioned before, Nick. But where where is this road for Johnny going leading up to Houston? Does Johnny Gargano fit in this TakeOver card? Is this a rebuilding period for him that they're not going to include him in TakeOver? I don't know where this Gargano story is going. My worry is that this is going to drag on all the way until Ciampa comes back and this is going to be a chop you down segment. Johnny, you've been a loser since I've been gone. Exactly. You're losing to guys who were in the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament who didn't make it as far as you. That was a lot Tommaso Ciampa could say on top of the most evil things he's been saying and on top of that vicious attack following NXT TakeOver Chicago. Does Johnny Gargano continue this slump until he beats his former tag team partner? We saw that he's over DIY supposedly but is Johnny Gargano's head really in that competitive mindset? I want to bring it back real quick to Fabian Eichner, giving all due respect to Johnny Gargano. There were two men in this match. And I want to bring back that point that you said he's like an Italian Cesaro. I feel like that's going to work against him in a lot of ways. Cesaro makes that gimmick work because he is himself. That's the only reason that gimmick works. Right. I think he should go for a more buff Bagwell approach to things. Buff, but fun. I think it would be a nice, different style. We haven't seen something like that since Buff Bagwell. It would be cool to see Fabian Eichner go a little bit more lighthearted. Okay, so you're seeing a, a powerhouse who also has a lot of fun in the ring, but also really delivers. We have seen him do the, you know, loco sort of hand gesture to himself. The guy does have something in that charisma. We know he can have fun. He does have a baby face moveset. I could see big things happening for Fabian Eichner's character, but right now he's looking like the next level 
NXT LVL. I thought it was. I thought it was oh, clever. It was clever. It was definitely clever. Pretty clever. The next level. Fabian Eichner. What's in his NXT future? Where is Johnny Gargano going? A very impressive matchup. Not to take away from any main events, but Johnny Gargano. No matter where he is in the card, he's my most looked forward to matchup. I'd in like NXT. to see a, a follow up match. How about you? I think this match could be a series. I think Johnny Gargano is all about getting redemption as of late. I don't think he can take a loss sitting down. I'd like to see these guys go in a two out of three falls match. I'd like to see that too. That would be that would be a great match. Not something common on NXT television. A two out of three falls match. Fabian Eichner and Johnny Gargano. That's where my head is at. That's where my attention is at. But Nick, the attention of Aleister Black has been finally drifted onto the Velveteen Dream. Finally. Velveteen Dream getting exactly what he wanted out of Aleister Black. This ire, this fire, this call-out. Aleister Black demanding a match with Velveteen Dream at NXT TakeOver Houston. Velveteen Dream with a vicious assault last week. That caught the attention of Aleister Black. Nick, what what is Velveteen Dream in for when he faces the Dutch Destroyer? I mean, we've seen, like... Countless people just take boots to the mouth. We know exactly what's coming, which means not well, small guys Dream either. Dream knows exactly what's coming. He knows what to expect. Man is a tactician. He's very smart, and I feel that Velveteen Dream wouldn't be going into this if he didn't have a plan. On the flip side of that coin is the fact that he's going to get his head kicked in. Velveteen Dream feeling the slightest effects of the Black Mask. There's no way he's going to get away from, like, even if he doesn't get hit with the Black Mask, he's going to be kicked several times in the face. Aleister Black. It's just a thing when you get in the ring with Aleister Black. So Velveteen Dream not only has Aleister Black's attention, but he might as well have a sniper crosshair on his head. Aleister Black wanting to hit that Black Mask, giving Velveteen Dream that attention, you wanted my attention, you got it. Velveteen Dream takes on Aleister Black at NXT TakeOver Houston. The match has been officially signed, as well as another interesting match signing tonight. Drew McIntyre getting a chance to sign the contract in William Regal's office, which I thought was an interesting take on things. We'll get back to that contract signing after we discuss some tag team antics. Antics in the form of the charismatic duo, the Street Profits. Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford... Uh, claiming that their grinds and their struggle and their work has brought them to a very nice white Maserati. Yeah, big payoff. Real and, uh, big payoff, big money. Almost the kind of money that you'd need when you play in the NFL, which two former NFL stars are claiming this ride. Tino Sabatelli, Riddick Moss, we've heard Tino talk about the Maserati once, twice, three times, four times, live in Poughkeepsie directly at me. I know Tino loves that Maserati. I was suspicious from this thing from the start. I didn't get much of that promo, Nick. It felt very real in a sense because there was so much jabber jaw back and forth talking over each other. What what did you make of this one? I feel that it was both teams like it's gonna make a nice feud eventually. But both teams are scrambling to get on screen. Both teams are trying to be heard. So at the moment, I don't know which one's face and I don't know which one's heel. And that's not going to work for the feud. I mean, it's clear if you know anything about the teams. Right. But the segment itself was not 
clear enough. Okay, so you're you're looking at this in the perspective. First time you turn on NXT television, you see these guys taking credit for a ride that's not theirs, and these two guys, real nice looking fellows, dressed up in suits. Exactly, it can be perceived in a very confusing for the characters if you want to be fans of the Street Profits. Exactly. Okay, I could definitely see where that would go wrong. Don't take credit for cars that aren't yours. Uh, you see a nice Lamborghini on the street, try and compliment the actual owner. Don't take a selfie in front of it. Don't be that guy. If Jax Teller has taught us anything, don't take a picture on some other man's bike. <laughs> and you don't mess with Tino Sabatelli's white Maserati. The big money athletes, the street profits, a fun tag team clash bound to happen. All right, I'm actually glad that segment was in there to take away from the seriousness of the Aleister Black and Velveteen Dream rivalry, but going back to a very serious moment in Drew McIntyre's career, McIntyre, again, getting the chance to sign the contract at William Regal's desk, but still coming out down the ramp to meet Andrade Cien Almas, or so we thought. Nick, why did why would the man sign in Regal's office? That confused me the most. It opened himself up to meet Andrade Cien Almas, not face-to-face, but Almas with an absolutely vicious assault and blindsiding the NXT champion. I feel like he wanted to present it to him himself. He literally wanted to present him a title opportunity. He's that type of man. He's a very face-to-face, confront-your-demons kind of a person. That's how Drew McIntyre has presented himself in this resurfacing. And I think that's what he's going for here. Here's your chance. Come out and sign this. McIntyre has had one rule as champion. If you want a title shot, you have to walk up to him face-to-face via Roderick Strong. If you're looking in the NXT locker room and you want an example of how to get a number one championship contender opportunity, do what Roderick Strong did. Really not that hard. Meet Drew McIntyre in the ring, lock eyes with him on the entrance ramp, but Almas cannot follow this one rule. Him and Vega blindsiding the NXT champion and literally sticking it to him. I thought this was absolute genius by Zelina Vega using her gum to use the contract and stick it to McIntyre's chest. Are you kidding me? That was so disrespectful and such good TV. Wow. Made me mad as hell. The way that could have been better is if they actually pinned it to his chest. A little bit of lopsided. It might have been, uh, I know, uh, what's, a, what's a lot of gum that doesn't last very long? Like a piece of juicy fruit, a big red, something that doesn't have a lot of substance to it. If they had a full roll of like bubble tape or something, Zelina oh, Vega could have stuck that to his suit. would have ruined the suit though. Regardless, it was a disrespectful action by the now number one contender, Almas, signing the contract, not giving McIntyre the face-to-face confrontation he thought he was getting tonight. But we have our confrontation for the NXT Championship at NXT TakeOver Houston. Andrade Cien Almas will take on Drew McIntyre. Alright, we will get to Sanity and Authors of Pain main event discussion in just a matter of minutes. But moving back to NXT Women's Championship discussion, we had the iconic duo caught on camera talking a little bit of smack about Kyrie Sane, winner of the Mae Young Classic. But above all else, Nick, she's a pirate princess. Yes, yes, she is, and she pulls it off. But I think that the iconic duo really needs to reconsider doing these kinds of things because every time they tar- start talking smack about someone, they magically appear behind them. It's really, really not working out for them. We've seen it with Ruby Riot. We see Ember it now. Moon. 
Yeah, Ember Moon, Kyrie. It's like they have magic powers. Asuka, they have the worst luck when it comes to talking smack. Unbelievable timing in that backstage area. Kyrie Sane getting word of Billy Kay's addressing, let's call it, and uh, scaring the iconic duo just with that insane elbow. Cannot wait for this one. Next week, Billy Kay will lock up with Kyrie Sane. I have really high hopes for this matchup. Kyrie Sane really getting a following from that Mae Young Classic tournament. She had a following going into the tournament. I think she's going to have a really good match with Billy Kay next week. Yeah, it's definitely going to be nice. And, and to see Billy Kay in actual one-on-one action, we've seen a lot of Peyton Royce taking the uh, the front runner position as the actual in-ring competitor. So Billy Kay is going to get some uh, play right before uh, NXT TakeOver Houston or... Take over war games. It'll be you prefer. it'll be a very good preview for Houston. We'll get to see. Well, Peyton Royce will get to see Kyrie Sane's offense and her iconic life partner will get a chance to relay things back to her. I think it'll do good things for Peyton Royce, knowing what to expect from Kyrie Sane. Do you think that the iconic duo is going to capitalize on this gigantic opportunity and do the terrible thing that is beat the hell out of the unsuspecting person? I think it is going to be the iconic duo taking advantage of no disqualification rules in a fatal four-way at Houston. I don't know if it will succeed or backfire, but I expect Billy Kay to play as much of a role in that matchup oh, just no, about no, no, as no, anybody else. I'm not saying else. at the actual takeover events. I'm saying next week when they have the opportunity to actually do some damage pre-takeover. They can take Kyrie Saint out entirely if they do enough damage. We've seen a lot of curveballs in the NXT Women's Division. We've seen pre-match championships. You look back at Ember Moon's shoulder injury going into her championship opportunity at one point. That's my question to you. Billy Kay, you Billy Kay and Peyton Royce will have the jump on Kyrie Sane. That's what I think, talking about. I how... think they're too smart to not take advantage of getting her alone and by herself and taking her possibly out of this equation. TakeOver is in a short... Two and a half weeks? Two weeks from this Saturday. Two weeks from this Saturday. Two weeks from this Saturday is not a lot of time to recover if you're Kyrie Sane's size getting jumped by two large Australian women who tower over Kyrie Sane, quite frankly. Yes, yes, they do. It'll be an interesting point for next week. Will the iconic duo plan out and execute a pre-match strategy against Kyrie Sane and that championship opportunity for the vacant women's title? Let's move on to tag team action real quick. I know you had a very big discussion point about, I don't want to call him a former Sanity member, Nick, but I'm talking about Sawyer Fulton. You noticed something very interesting in the format of 2K18. Sawyer Sawyer Fulton's still featured as a member of Sanity. He is. He is a prominent member of Sanity still. And that, that to me is really odd because they so clearly dropped him from the team. I mean, we all remember Sanity coming out, throwing his coat down, and then I believe they stomped it out on the way out. I know it was Eric Young throwing the vest out of the ring. We got to look at it this way. It, it was just so quick, the exchange from Sawyer Fulton to Killian Dane. There are so many missing puzzle pieces in what is the story and with Sawyer Fulton. We haven't seen or heard anything from him. And then if, if any of you are gamers or you follow up on WWE's games, you'll see Sawyer Fulton as a part of the active NXT roster and he's a part of the active Sanity roster. 
and still proclaims to be a part of it. It's a five-person team with Sanity in 2K18. Very interesting discussion point. Where will Sawyer Fulton fit in? I know he's coming back from injury soon. I got a really good feeling Sawyer Fulton's coming back from injury soon. The only thing we've heard from him is on social media. I've seen him tweet out a bunch of different things. He does still have the Sanity capitalization going for him in his Twitter handle. So it is one big enigma. A, a lot of missing missing pieces when it comes to Sawyer Fulton. We know Eric Young discarded his jacket, supposedly going to Killian Dane, but has he been fully replaced? Give us your thoughts, 2K18 players, at podcast underscore UF. Tweet at us. Is Sawyer Fulton a key member of Sanity like the game reflects? Is it a matter of the game just not being updated and not knowing what to do storyline with Sawyer Fulton? Nikki Six brings up a very interesting point about the rogue Sanity member. But members of Sanity who are not so rogue are the current NXT Tag Team Champions, Alexander Wolfe and the Mastermind, Eric Young, defend those titles in the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 rematch against the Authors of Pain. And this is a rematch I've been looking forward to. Where was Authors of Pain going to fit in? Were they done in NXT? Were they going to get called up to There's SmackDown? A lot of questions there, there was a lot surrounding the Authors of Pain since Brooklyn. I'm glad we got to see this rematch and it delivered. It wasn't as emotionally special for us because we weren't there in the stands, but these two teams hit each other. Unbe- unbelievable match. From the opening gate, Eric Young's strikes were pure power. Those hits were felt by the entire Full Sail. And everybody had to stand on their own, Nick, because another interesting point about this match, everybody was banned from ringside. No Beast of Belfast, no Nikki Cross, no Paul Ellering for the Authors of Pain. We've seen the Authors of Pain in person go into combat without Paul Ellering and still impress and still come out victorious. We saw it in Poughkeepsie against Heavy Machinery most recently. It was not a totally lost cause just because they did not have Ellering's genius. Authors of Pain were able to divide the ring just as well as Sanity was. Heavy Machinery is not the tacticians that Eric Young and Alexander Wolf are. Nobody is the tactician that Eric Young is right now. Sanity's leader has a very strong strategy going against the size and and just overall power of the Authors of Pain. A lot of unique tandem offense, some incredible dual tag team moves, some powerhouse moves by the Authors of Pain I have ne- never seen before. Nick, a corner Death Valley driver. Oh, oh my god. That was so cool. But on the flip side of that, Sanity also reacting appropriately to the Authors of Pain with a fast and vicious style of tag team action. Fast tags, brutal hits. It was great. In and out by both Alexander Wolf and Eric Young. Great teamwork. It was a tag team clinic all around. Tag team wrestling at its best Authors of Pain putting Sanity in a very dangerous place, able to hit the Super Collider, able to hit the last chapter on Eric Young, but would soon be interrupted right before the three count by the Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era shocking the system once again by interfering in an NXT television main event. Adam Cole, Red Dragon really taking it to Sanity and the Authors of Pain, but it was, as Sanity thrives in, Nick, it was chaos after that. Killian Dane also making an impact. 
It was Adam Cole, baby. These guys are willing to go wherever. They don't care how many times they have to jump into the middle of the ring. They're going to steal the show, quite literally. They want to make their presence known. Undisputed Era shocking the system. And another shock of this evening, Roderick Strong, after Killian Dane was taken out, seemingly coming to help out his Undisputed Era and former Ring of Honor brethren. I've been talking about the interactions the past number of weeks. We had that, we, we couldn't tell what they were saying outside of the performance center. We saw last week Roderick Strong being offered and accepting the armband of the Undisputed Era. So Roderick Strong coming out, raising a whole hell of a lot of questions on our end, and Roderick Strong reacting just as I thought he would with a deceitful, almost beatdown with the Undisputed Era turned into an assault. It was Roddy versus the era, and it's always going to be Roddy versus the world on this, Nick. Yeah. Roderick Strong not joining the uh, the supposed dark side in NXT. And I still think that they missed a, a super big opportunity with the Dishonor group. Can we talk about but... the stable name uh, <laughs> anymore? I'm not okay with the stable name. It's so bad. They had so many opportunities. The reasoning, I'll give it, the reasoning is not bad. We had the PG era and the reality era, and we have all these phrasings for the eras in professional wrestling. Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly wanting to make it known that it's their era. It's very creative, but it is frustrating being the namer of this podcast. Yeah. I tweeted it. I've tweeted it out, Nick, but I just want to make it clear again. I used this name inspired by Seth Rollins, and it was a thought before Adam Cole joining the NXT roster was even a footnote in WWE's creative writing. But back to the assault, back to Roderick Strong, because this huge announcement at the end of this one... It seriously worked out, though. It's worked out for me. We can steal their logo if we want to. (laughs) Nah, we have... We have too good of a logo on this one. Speaking of speaking of logos, t-shirts coming, guys. I might let's stop getting sidetracked and talk about freaking war games, because William Regal, absolutely irate by the chaos that Undisputed Era, Sanity, and the Authors of Pain, featuring Roderick Strong, were causing a I, I can't think of a better word than irate, and I want to transition into another word for mad, but I can't right now. William Regal screaming into the mic that this will be settled in two rings. One cage, a match we haven't seen in over two decades. I'm talking about the Rhodes family creation, a WCW classic. I'm talking about war games. The announcement finally made. The contenders finally made final. I'm so excited. I've been holding back this spoiler just on my credential as a spoiler-free zone on its own. Nick, a huge matchup. Authors of Pain are teaming with Roderick Strong. Sanity is a three-man faction. Undisputed Era in a huge takeover match with their first non with, with their first actual sanctioned match as a team at a takeover event. You got to be as excited as I am on this oh, one. Oh, absolutely! How could you not be? This is going to be an absolutely amazing match. I'm excited to see how they're going to you know make the two rings work. I believe I'm it's uh, Houston. Big... Houston's a big town. They got a big arena. I'm really intrigued to see how the two rings work as well. It's it, Everything's bigger in Texas. They're going to figure out a way. Not as big of a WCW fan as you were, so I'm sure you're way more hyped than I am about the war games. It's It's a nostalgia rush for me right yeah. now. It's, it's incredible. It's my past meets the future and present of NXT. Roderick Strong joining with the Authors of Pain, it's, it, it's shell-shocking. right out of left field. Authors like, of Pain accepting anybody's help is right out of left field. Not to mention a face. 
There was no story continuity behind that decision. It's the only everybody. Only thing that made sense was the uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Everybody hates the undisputed era. Let's balance this out. Paul Ellering. With all due respect, sir, you're probably too old to step into two rings and a steel cage. Should you get Roderick Strong? That would have been a great idea, though. (laughs) We've already seen Paul suspended in a shark cage this year. I I think we could cut him a break as far as the big, scary metal structures go. Roderick Strong teaming with the Authors of Pain, if for nothing else, to combat the Undisputed Era and Sanity. I think Sanity's environment and their personalities were made for this matchup. Two we rings. Saw their reaction. Two rings. Absolute chaos. A grin across Eric Young's face. Oh man. my! You can see Alexander. Well, if you guys go back and look at it while they're sitting on the uh, on the ramp, he's just looking into the sky, and it looks like he's literally imagining the things he's going to do to them. It's fantastic. A euphoria rush over Alexander Wolf one more time, guys. NXT Takeover Houston has officially become NXT Takeover War Games on NXT Television. William Regal saying Authors of Pain are teaming with Roderick Strong to take on the NXT Tag Team Champions, Sanity, and the Undisputed Era. Nine big-time talents, three teams, two rings, one stage. It's absolute madness. Who are your favorites? Your picks for NXT TakeOver War Games. Who is winning this colossal main event? And how else do you want to see them use those two rings? I mean, we have one match where they're clearly utilizing both rings. How else are they going to utilize both rings? At podcast underscore UF. Guys, a lot of Twitter love this past week. I really appreciate it. I guess we're going to bridge out from here, Nick. We are us- we are over our usual time. I expected episode These were awesome. I expected episode 30 to be a huge one. It couldn't have worked out any better that my 30th episode special is also the NXT Takeover War Games announcement. Thank you for listening to this Woo-hoo. one. Let's give you the social media one more time. At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. At over 200 followers this week, I want to thank some people who have been having recent discussion with me at Distinct Path 2. At It's Only Rachel, at Capri Mare, who did an absolutely amazing Naomi cosplay for Halloween, and just the most recent lot of hashtag Team NXT members going into Survivor Series. But if you're Team Red, you're Team Blue, you're Team NXT, please follow at podcast underscore UF on Twitter. Gold Team Rules! Gold Team Rules! Hashtag Team NXT. Thank you for all the follows and... I think it's really cool that everybody's been putting Team Red, Team Blue, Team NXT in their Twitter handles, Survivor Series, in just a matter of weeks. We'll stay tuned up with that one as well. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. You're going to see pictures of a dog tonight because whenever I'm at Nick's house, we always have a four-legged friend in the studio. I'm talking about everybody's favorite pit bull here. I'm talking about Roxy. You'll see Roxy on the podcast instagram you'll see my brother absolutely kill it in his miz costume and you'll see a bootleg kind of glorious bobby rude costume out of me and i'll send a picture of, of my costume I, I was the red hood it's not wrestling inspired but it was we'll get cool hey if you like wrestling you gotta like comic books in there somewhere i'm sure the red hood will get a lot of likes at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, Instagram, find us, find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, find us on all your favorite social media, and hopefully 
Find us soon on all your favorite podcast platforms, but for now, iTunes and SoundCloud.com backslash Undisputed Future, which has over a thousand plays in total. Thank you so much to everybody tuning in week after week, or even if you just want to listen to everything in one lump sum, that's fine too. Every direct message I send on the Twitter to new followers is completely personalized and completely genuine. Please interact with me on the social media. It's always fun to talk to new NXT fans. But from two of your favorite long-term NXT fans, I'm CD Danny Mac. This is Nikki Six. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 30 and more available on the Undisputed Future page. Hashtag Team NXT. Have a great week. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.